a new year, a new you, still stale popcorn. Hey there, guys, it's Thomas, and this is Movies After Work. And I'm Alex. How is everyone doing out there? We were off last week, but we are back now that Mr. Duez is not so busy with all of his birthday spoils. Happy to be back. Happy to be back. Um, it, it was hard to be pulled away from the PS5 for uh, for more than an hour, but um, I, I managed to do it. Yep. Um, but I, I appreciate yeah, the sacrifice. Go. Sorry, go ahead. I appreciate the sacrifice. <laughs> um, yeah, a week ago was my birthday, and uh, my girlfriend unexpectedly got me a PS5, uh, which I appreciated quite a bit. And uh, today is my son's birthday, so um, we had our festivities this morning and had a nice, nice birthday breakfast and everything. So it was nice. It was a good. I had. I've had. I now had the last seven days off work, so I'm going back tomorrow, and I'm not too thrilled about it. But <laughs> it is what it is. That's. Yeah. I wouldn't be movies after work if I didn't go to work. Exactly. Um, <laughs> well, that's not necessarily true because. God knows how long I was unemployed there for a bit. Um, you you were basically carrying the entire weight of the title of the show all on your own there for a while. Um, well, yeah, uh, yeah. Make sure you give Tarzan a, a happy belated birthday from Uncle Man for me. Oh, absolutely. Um, if that sentence sounded weird to all of you guys, uh, my my name is Uncle Man. Um, <laughs> And because he had awesome long hair for a while, his his name for me is Tarzan. So yeah, man, I miss it. He's he's got he's rocking the buzz cut now. <laughs> <laughs> I've got it's a little little bit more manageable though. I've got the uh, Zac Efron High School Musical shaggy hair thing going right now. Um, <laughs> Uh, literally, I, I said that to to my wife, and her response was, "Oh my god, that's exactly what it is." <laughs> um, but you know, it goes great with you know, big old beard. So yeah, yeah, there you go. Nice, just nice combination. Nice combination to be working on here. Um, but yeah, no, and uh, we are. Still working on the joys here of no longer sleeping in the crib and sleeping in, sleeping in a big girl bed. Mm-hmm. It's going okay. Um, she wants to have sleepovers all the time. Yeah. So it's always wanting one of us to, to sleep in the bed with her. Yeah. Um, which I, I've done once. I had one morning where she, she woke up um, from a bad dream. And so I lay down with her and I ended up passing out. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I've done it once. My wife's done it a few times at this point. Um, but, you know, it's the joys of parenting. Absolutely. Just trying to get that figured out. Yeah. Is, is Tarzan's rocking a, a, a toddler bed now, isn't he? Oh, he is, but he still sleeps with me. So it, yeah. doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't much matter. Yeah. <laughs> What he's got in his bedroom. You, 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 might, you might as well just go on Facebook. Here's a bed. Never been used. Who wants it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she 
never really... If she's if she's in our bedroom, it's usually early in the morning and she wants to watch one of her shows. Um, yeah. Mommy and Daddy have a TV in their room, so it's, you know, we get to lay in there and, and watch TV, <laughs> and it's fun and exciting. Um, yeah. And helpful when Mommy and Daddy are having trouble waking up in the morning. <laughs> Usually because we've been up all night trying to get her to go to bed. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if it's this way for Tarzan, but the the later it is for her to go to sleep, the earlier she gets up in the morning. Oh yeah. It does. It doesn't matter what time they they end up going to sleep. It's it's still we're up by seven regardless. Yeah. If if we f- get her to sleep by seven o'clock or earlier, if she's really tired, we get really excited because that means she's gonna sleep in. <laughs> Which means we might get to sleep in a little bit, too. Yeah. And, of course, this is parent talk, so sleep in is, you know, 9 o'clock. Yeah, if you're lucky. Yeah, you know, you're in your 20s, and sleeping in is, oh, I slept till 1 in the afternoon. You You become a parent, and it's, yeah, I got to sleep till 8.30 before my kid started hitting me to wake me up. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, um, of course, uh, one of the other big important things going on in this new year is, uh, not for us yet, but for those of you listening, how does it feel being free of Donnie? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, we, we have not yet gotten to experience the joy, but hopefully it's much quieter, uh, in the future when you're listening to this. Yeah, and and he's gone. Um, it's, it's final day, man. Yeah, yeah, we're counting we're just... down. We're counting down hours now, and it's <laughs> it's a beautiful thing to be able to do that. It, it uh, truly is. Yeah, a lot of a lot of relief, um, especially just because having a toddler during the time period was added scary because you're just sitting there going. Okay, if he gets a second term, Betsy's still in charge of schools when my kid starts school. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That was that was my immediate thought when like when he got elected. One of my first thoughts was, "Shit, is he going to be running schools when my kid starts going?" (laughs) Yeah, yeah. No, it was it was definitely worrisome for a while, and you know, like I said. Uh, my son's birthday is today. So when he was born, he, he got he got one day with with Obama, and then Trump was sworn in the very next day. And it's been four fucking years of this, and I can't believe, you know, with <laughs> looking at my son and how much he's grown, I can't believe how quickly it's gone. Yeah. And being stuck with Trump, I can't believe how fucking long it's been. Yes, I just am so happy for it to be over tomorrow, and. You know, hopefully it's just better days ahead. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a, that's the big hope and the big dream for, for all of us right now. Um, mm-hmm. But speaking of things to look forward to in the future, um, big the, the first of the two big things that we're going to be talking about today is we're going to be doing our top fives for the movies that we're most excited for coming out uh, this year in 2021. Um, yeah. Do as did you have any um did you have any criteria 
that that these had to follow beyond just um, coming out this year? No, I didn't. I mean, there's, uh, you know, we narrowed it down to five. But when I was when I was thinking, you know, ten or or however many, you know, I definitely have some ones from Warner Brothers on here um, that I, you know, it's highly unlikely that I would see them in theaters um, until maybe, you know, further down the line. And we're talking, you know, the Suicide Squad or something. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, maybe hopefully by that point I have my vaccine and the world is a, a little bit more back to normal. Um, yeah. You know, that I might be seeing in theaters, but a lot of these other uh, Warner Brother films that are coming straight to HBO Max, I will definitely be seeing at my house, at least for the first, you know, half of the year, give or take. Yeah, yeah, I mean... Well, and you got like Godzilla versus King Kong. They just moved it up to March, so that's sitting yeah. in the that's sitting in the the first one hundred days of the of the the new presidency, where we're going to see whether or not we can get try to get things under control. So yeah, it's not yeah. it's not even sitting there going, well, maybe by maybe by then we can you know watch you know maybe by then we'll be able to go see no we're. Mm-hmm. Because that, I mean, that's totally the sort of movie that you and I would be like, all right, we're going to go turn our brains off, see this in the middle of the night, sit there and, <laughs> and laugh and choke on popcorn and then leave the movie Yeah, a little worse for wear, probably. <laughs> I just, I, and this is, you know, one now that I'm going to be able to see in my house, probably a little intoxicated. Yeah. And have a similar experience, but, you know, not have to drive or put myself or anyone else in jeopardy. We'll, um, yeah, we'll either we'll either have to do some sort of a watch party or oh, yeah. one of us might have to trek to the other one's place to to watch <laughs> it. Um, Most definitely. If, if HBO Max doesn't have, you know, I, I, I don't use them on other services much, so I don't know if HBO Max has it, but, you know, if HBO Max doesn't implement a similar, you know, watch-along, watch-party that, that Hulu and Netflix does, then yeah. especially for the new releases, that would be a missed opportunity, I think. Well, it probably won't be identical to Netflix's, because I believe Netflix's, you can extend an invitation to people who don't actually have a subscription to Netflix to be able to watch mm. with you on yours. I gotcha. don't see them affording that option with these movies on HBO Max, which I don't... Yeah. I, I wouldn't blame them in the slightest. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, the, I mean, my, my only big criteria that I had was just... One, I did leave out Marvel movies. Um, I left out pretty much all franchise films. Okay. Just because, <laughs> just because I know I'm excited, and everyone knows that I'm excited for those movies. Yeah. Like, if you know me, you you don't need me to say, yeah, I'm excited for the next Marvel movies that come out. You know that. Yeah. If you know me, you know that asking me to at least have a little bit of faith until a full trailer comes out for Ghostbusters Afterlife. You know I'm willing to give that a little bit of faith. Um, yeah. But 
yeah, so I, I didn't include franchise stuff. Uh, there's plenty of it that I am, I am excited for. Um, whether I'm excited because I think it's going to be a good movie or whether it's like Godzilla versus King Kong where I'm going, you know, it's not going to be, it's going to be somewhere between Pacific Rim and Pacific Rim Uprising is, is, <laughs> is in all reality is where it's going to sit. Uh, yeah. so it's just a question of where it's going to land. Uh, my other big criteria that I did, uh, just cause I've started doing this with my watch list on Letterboxd, it's become my new rule for upcoming movies, older movies, not so much, but upcoming, uh, I have to have seen a trailer. If there's no trailer, I don't, it, like, you can, you can tell me like, oh, there's this awesome, you know, this movie coming out with so-and-so and so-and-so, you know, and this person and this person and this person, and it's like, yeah, that's great. There's no trailer yet, so yeah. I'm not, you know, I've been I've been hurt before. I spent <laughs> I I don't even remember. It feels like it was almost over a decade that I waited for the Happy Time Murders to come out. Oh yeah, and then yeah. that first trailer came out, and I went, oh, well. I guess I'll just imagine, continue to imagine the movie that was in my head. <laughs> yeah. Because this yeah. is not going to be it. <laughs> um, so that was my only criteria. So. Gotcha. I did not follow that criteria. I. That's fine. There's. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, certainly I think that, I think now our lists are going to be very different. Um, which is good because I think I'm going to be introduced to some things and I hope that we could still have a a dialogue about some of my choices, but you know, I can't, I can't tell you that I'm not excited for, you know, the next Marvel movie and that, that that's not, you know, within my top five. So, um, that's, that was, um, and I, I'm definitely going to have to throw in some honorable mentions, um, having to narrow it down to five there's there's some that i gotta i gotta at least name drop yeah yeah there's definitely i'll definitely have some of those too uh but you know what let's you know let's keep this a little different a little little exciting and uh do as why don't you go ahead and go through your full top five my t- full top five all right um here. So should I drop my honorable mentions first, or? or no, we can talk. We'll we'll end. talk some honorable mentions once we've we've d- both done our lists. Just to okay, yeah. So my number five uh, is the Uncharted film, and I do not think it's going to be good. I think it's going to be. <laughs> I think it's going to be an an entertaining mess at best. Um, and I think yeah. that's strictly because of Tom Holland. Um, I, you know, this, this movie has been talked about basically since the, you know, second Uncharted game. Um, yeah. This film has been talked about so long that Mark Wahlberg has, been go- has gone from being a possible <laughs> Nolan North to now being Victor Sullivan. Yeah. Um, so this film has been talked about for quite a while. Um, I... You know, I think it's I think it's going to be on par with the rebooted Tomb Raider film, which I still haven't seen. So, 
you know, take that for, for what it's worth. Um, but I, I am looking forward to it, uh, nonetheless. Hmm. Um, my number four is a film that, uh, we had seen the trailer for a while ago, but it's actually, uh, nobody. Um, I, we talked to death, um, about it with, with Tiff and Nick. Um, I think it's going to be, I think it's a great premise. Um, I think it's going to be funny. I think it's going to be, you know, hyper violent. I think it's going to have that John Wick style. Um, I'm excited for it. I'm excited to see if it is its own self-contained thing or if we get our, you know, our extended John Wick universe that we that we discussed where we have all sorts of wacky and unique actors kind of doing this sort of film. Post-credits, um, post-credit scene where he gets a phone call and it's uh, Lance Reddick's concierge character from the John Wick movies. Yes, yeah, uh, yes. Telling him that there's a message for him or something like that. That would actually, uh, now that I say that, I kind of want that. <laughs> yeah. It's, you know what we, you know what we get? It's a, it's him receiving a note and the initials are BW and then we just see a silhouetted Betty White. Um, because even at 99 years old, she can kick some ass. <laughs> and, <laughs> it literally, the, in the sequel, just, it's her sitting, like, just always sitting for some reason. Nobody knows why. <laughs> and then finally she does get up and just starts shotgunning everybody and mowing oh, yeah. down. Um, uh, I will, yeah. yeah, I will say nobody, nobody was my number five. Uh, gotcha. Just cause yeah, it looks fun. Um, I, I love me some Bob Odenkirk. So and watching yeah. him get to do something different is just exciting. Yeah, absolutely. Um, with that being said, my number three is black widow. Uh, you know, comes, comes as no surprise to anyone listening. Um, we, of my next three films, this one actually has a trailer, so um, <laughs> we, I can, we've already seen what, you know, some possible hints what could be in this film. I've, I already am in love with that first trailer. I love the mm. score behind it. Um, I, I have listened to that song multiple times now, and even in the background, you can hear like I, I think in the third act we're gonna have a, a bomb ticking down, uh, sort of Mission Impossible Fallout style. You know, there's like a ticking clock in the background of the score uh, for that trailer, and every you know the action set pieces in that trailer look awesome. It's um, it's, think, it's very true. You might you might finally get your Mission Impossible. MCU cocktail movie out of this. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, Black Widow, I'm obviously excited for. Um, I would have said Shang-Chi or the Eternals, especially after, uh, the, um, the choreographed fight that the actor who's playing Shang-Chi put on his Twitter. Um, I don't know if you've seen that fight, but it is Mm -hmm. pretty badass. It's good. Um, It's solid stuff. It's, yeah, um, it, that alone sold me on like, all right, I want to see this. I want to see two hours of this guy trying to punch stuff. Yeah. So, um, the uh, my number two is a film that has uh, more rumors than possibly any other film in history, um, and I can't wait to see which ones are 
true and which ones are, you know, batshit ridiculous. And uh, number two is obviously Spider-Man 3. Yeah. Um, no. Really looking forward to whatever it might be. Um, I, Regardless of how small or large in scope this story is or if it's interdimensional and we get every actor from every spider-man film that's you know that's never been the the draw of these films the the draw is you know the core cast and tom holland his incredible performance as spider-man uh yeah. again the set pieces they have in these films and um you know the the chemistry between that core cast is really really the most crucial part but you were saying something Tom. oh i was just gonna ask now i know that we've had kevin feige has claimed that um that rumors that we've heard, while he didn't specify which ones, range from right on the money to absolutely ridiculously false. Um, what do you think the ratio is? What do you think the ratio is of right to batshit crazy? I think, I think a lot of the early leaks are true. I do think we're going to see Jamie Foxx's uh, Jamie Foxx's Electro. I do think we're going to see. Um, I I am hopeful, and I do believe that we will see Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire in this film. Um, how big or small their parts are, uh, you know, we'll have to wait and see. But I also think once you have named just those three actors alone. Basically, any site that wanted to dogpile and put whatever the fuck they wanted in here had just as much credibility as anything else. So them saying that Alfred Molina is coming back as Doc Ock is the same as them saying Charlie Cox is coming back as Daredevil. Like, everything's just, you know, in the mix. Like, and it's in there with a hundred different fucking names. Like, oh, Kirsten Dunst is going to come back and uh, Emma Stone is going to come back, which those I feel like are even more far-fetched. Like I don't see the, the point or the story purpose or the opportunity in which we would have to focus on various Spider-Man's various girlfriends. Like it just, it seems like a, like something they wouldn't even care to dwell on. Um, but I do think, um, I mean, I think Dr. Strange is all but confirmed. I think Dr. Strange is going to be in there. I think Electra is going to be in there. Um, I, I mean, I would love for all of these rumors to be true, but you know, as, as much as I trust the MCU implicitly, that's that's a lot of plates to be spinning if all of these rumors are true. Um, so we'll we'll see what really what really comes out of it. How about you? What's your what's your level of skepticism? I th- I think maybe ten percent of the rumors that we've heard are true. And I think I think it's stupid things like somebody's silly explanation as to explaining um, Ned's weight loss in the universe. Um, yeah. You know I. Again, when they have a ca- when they have casting, like they've they've never Feige's never been shy about revealing casting. Yeah. Uh, they've never had a reason to keep it secret. Um. They've always been very upfront and honest and open about these things, um, even when you could argue they shouldn't have been. Yeah. Um, never in a point where they truly spoiled anything, 
that was major, like, plot-wise, but, you know, to arguably not knowing that Spider-Man was going to be in Civil War would have been great. Um, yeah. And so on and so forth. Um, but... I mean, yeah, we've said that multiple times with uh, Spider-Man being in Civil War, with Hulk being in Thor Ragnarok. I mean, you can play this game all day, but it's a, it's it's what would make for a shocking really exciting moment in the theater versus okay what do we need to market to get asses in seats because Mm -hmm. we can't have those exciting moments if we don't have the people in there to experience the 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 shock or whatever the the twist or whatever it is yeah well and the thing is that i mean think about what is so far what is the only what is the only non-announced casting choice that was major that we got that we've been surprised by in the entire history of the MCU. There's only been one. And that's Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury in the first Iron Man. Yeah. It got leaked like a week before filming, but it never got announced. Mm-hmm. And that served to the the bigger scope, the bigger picture. Yeah. Um bringing back Jamie Foxx as one of the lowest ranked villains in the Spider-Man film his- history yeah, serves no greater purpose to the entirety of the MCU. And not that I can claim to, to have every single idea that's in Kevin Feige's head, but I mean, we've also had the writers of at least one, if not, at, I can't remember which one, but, but at least one of the, the, Spider-Man movies, the writers, the director of both of them, and Kevin Feige all have been on record throughout the course of Spider-Man being in the MCU. They've all been on record as saying, we don't want to use any villains that have been used in previous Spider-Man movies. We want to bring new characters to the table. So the idea that they are throwing that away to do some multiverse thing that feels like it would live in the same vein of not wanting to tread ground that the other movies have lived in since that's into the spider verse. Um, I don't buy all of this. I think it's really good for them to have people speculating this because it's, because it's the sort of thing where if it turns out not to be true, nobody's going to be that disappointed. Yeah. Because you're gonna, because in hindsight you're gonna be like, well, would it really have been that good when we just wanted to see how this Peter Parker survived things, you know, how yeah. he cleared his name, stuff like that. Um, you know, did we really need to find out what's been going on with Andrew Garfield's version of Spider Man? Did we really yeah. need to, you know, did we need to find out this? Did we need to find out that? Um, yeah, you know. if, if the, I mean, that's that's my that's my thoughts as well. You know, if if this film comes out and it's not every sp- actor who's ever played Spider-Man and every girlfriend and every, you know, previous villain that he's encountered, you know, hopefully there's still a great movie in there. Yeah. And people walk away with, oh, well, that was still a fun time. And I really had, to, you know, if I believed every rumor, I really set my expectations super high. The, I also yeah. think that, yes, Kevin Feige and the writers and director are people who understand 
we left Peter Parker in such an interesting position at the end of mm-hmm. um, Spider-Man Far From Home. Do we really want to throw all that away for a bloated film that doesn't have a focus, that ha- is juggling too many characters and too many plot points and everything else, versus just really ha- you know, having a very focused, fun um, adventure into yeah, clearing his name and, and, and exploring what Peter Parker has to deal with uh, you know, after the ramifications of Far From Home? Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think I'm I I can believe the Doctor Strange stuff because Doctor Strange is a perfect choice for being your new Nick Fury, sort of your yep. new intertwining character of sorts. Uh he's perfectly suited for that role. Um yep. But one of the other one of the other thoughts that I just had is, you know, you're basically telling people when you're when you're saying all that we're having all these people come back, you're you're also saying here's a ton of actors that yeah. we're not going to ever use in the entirety of the MCU for anything more than a single movie gimmick. Yeah. I find it so hard to believe that they would look at Jamie Foxx and not think, here's somebody who would make an awesome villain in the you know, for Blade to go against. Oh yeah. Here like I want to see that. I want to yeah. see Jamie Foxx as an evil vampire fighting Ali's blade. Yeah. I want to see yeah, that, that awesome. 10 times more than I want to see any version of Jamie Foxx's Electro. Yeah. <laughs> like that to me is far more interesting. And the thing is is that we might, you know, it might be that he, you know, it might be that they they're talking to him about doing some stuff and they literally are saying, Hey, let's fuck with people. Put, put a picture up of, of, you know, Electra on Electro on your, on your Twitter <laughs> feed. Just to fuck. Let's, let's just start fucking with people. Let's spread so yeah. much. Like let's spread so much misinformation <laughs> that people just don't know what movie they're about to walk into. Yeah. Um, I, I think also, um, you know, this is maybe a little, a little conspiracy theory esque, but this is also the perfect way for Disney to find out what would really, what would work really well in a future Spider-Man film. They're like, you know, these rumors get out, these, these supposed rumors get out and then mm-hmm. they go, Oh wow, people really have an interest in this. Well, we have a really awesome, tight, focused, compelling script—you know—script for Spider-Man three. But maybe for Spider-Man four or five, that's when we get a little batshit and start introducing multiverse, multiple Spider-Man, multiple Gwen Stacy's and Mary Janes um, for you know for people to geek out about. I don't know. I honestly though, what I see being more likely. I don't know if they'll full on kill Tom Holland's Peter Parker, um, as as can be tradition of sorts. But I I just see it more likely that we're going to you know we've established Miles Morales in this universe. Yeah. You know we we've had his uncle Aaron, literally in his rap sheet it had his name the Prowler, in yeah. aliases. You know, he talks about having a nephew that he, you know, that he's protective of. In his, you know, we we have established 
being able to bring back Donald Glover to do something really fun and really decently different for him. And we've established Miles Morales, which look at the, look at the landscape that we're, that, of the future of the MCU right now. The landscape is very diverse. Oh yeah. Like the landscape has drastically changed in terms of its diversity. And yeah. what that's going to mean for to me that says that more likely than tripling our white guy Spider-Man's for one movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to me, it says more. We're we're going to start working our way towards whether they both both are alive and doing their thing, or whether Tom Holland's gets sent off into the night somehow. We're working our way towards Miles Morales. Yeah. To me, and it's I just think clear. Go ahead. Go ahead. That, that was it. Okay. Sorry. So. <laughs> Um, yes, I, I agree completely with, with what you're saying. It's, it's far better. They're already, you know, they're setting up the pieces for everyone to understand, Hey, we're going to have a similar, we might have a similar team, you know, when the next Avengers movie rolls around, but they're going to be played by very different people. Mm -hmm. We're going to have Miss Marvel. We're going to have She-Hulk. We're going to have Hawkeye, you know, become, uh, Haley Seinfeld. We're gonna have, um, you know, Ironheart. We're gonna have, you know, Shuri, maybe possibly becoming Black Panther. And that was not a story reason. That was for circumstances totally out of people's control. But yeah, th- this team is going to look very, very different. And while I still think Tom Holland has, you know, a ton he can do with Peter Parker, they've nothing exists in a vacuum. They, Miles yeah. Morales has been a character since before Tobey Maguire was cast as Peter Parker in The Amazing Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. He's been a character that people have wanted in the MCU since, you know, before Civil War. And people are genuinely excited about him. We have, you know, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. We have Spider-Man Miles Morales on, on PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5. He's a pop culture icon, you know, arguably, at, you know, almost as big as Peter Parker at this point, you can't go into a target or Walmart and go to the toy aisle and see Peter Parker without seeing miles Morales action figure next to him. Um, so, you know, again, to, yes, to, to quote you there, there's, there's less of a chance that people want three white dudes in Spider-Man outfits than they do a, a young, you know, black teen with, you know, a new, perspective and, and everything else. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's my number two. <laughs> my, uh, <laughs> my number one drum roll is mission impossible seven. And I don't know what this film is. I don't, I, <laughs> we haven't seen the set pieces that you, most information I have from this film is that, um, uh, Haley Atwell is in it, and Tom Cruise flipped out on set, which he is absolutely justified in doing. Oh, he was in the um, right. He was 100% in the right. <laughs> I love that everyone who is COVID conscious, who, like, 
who listened to, the, to that tape was like, yeah, it goes on a little long, but he's definitely justified. Like he's, <laughs> yeah. Well, he, 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 well, and he like ahead. he makes you know he makes all the right points of like we're trying to keep this industry alive. We're trying to keep people having jobs. We're trying yeah. to set you know we are we are the people that make you know we make examples that people follow. There is responsibility to that. You know, Absolutely. he's Absolutely. it's it's the sort of thing where like you can disagree with his his belief system, but it mm-hmm. but what he just showed is that he is someone who is very conscientious of his stature in the world, yeah, and what that means and what is expected of him. Like we've seen, you know, we've now seen that in a big way, yeah. I also think, you know, that he, trust me, Tom Cruise is a wealthy man. He's a producer on this film. He wants this film to do well so he can make money, but he also wants this film to do well because he's an actor, you know, who has poured his heart and soul into this franchise. He doesn't, he doesn't go out and do halo jumps for, for the hell of it. You know, he's, he doesn't go and learn how to fly a helicopter for the hell of it. It's, it's to make this franchise something, you know, awe-inspiring and and something that people can hold up with, with the fast and furious and the MCU and everything else that, um, you know, people really must see on the big screen. You know, he, he bought a yacht or whatever to, or rented a yacht to, to house all the, uh, all the cast and crew. I mean, there's a lot of his money in this production. He puts, Um, yeah, he puts a lot into it. Um, yeah. Cause it matter, you know, it, yeah, it matters to him and it's not 100% him, but, mm. um, but he is a big part of why mission impossible, you know, mission impossible survived, not just because of Tom Cruise's star power, but because the stuff that they're doing elevates it above the Looney Tunes bullshit that is the Fast and Furious movies. Yeah. Um, you know, it elevates it past that point. It grounds it in a re- it grounds it in sort of an enhanced reality without uh you sitting there going, okay, well he's died like fifteen times now in this movie. <laughs> um, yeah. This is not believable anymore. Um I mean the f- I would say since they brought in um, Chris McHugh to oh yeah to do things that's like that's when this that's when the franchise went from being you know a franchise to one that was setting itself in a whole new place like Chris McHugh coming in was like the when 20th Century Fox made the new Planet of the Apes films like it was yeah. an elevation to to a to the genre and to the franchise elevating it to somewhere it had never been before. Yeah, absolutely. And the fact that they're, you know, he's, he's now the only director who, um, has directed more than one. And Mm -hmm. he did that when he directed fallout and now he's directing two back to back. Um, it shows how much faith, uh, you know, everyone has in him, you know, especially Tom Cruise, basically giving him this franchise, saying that, you know, we're going to elevate this, we're going to make it, 
the fallout, I'm going to fly helicopters through, <laughs> you know, a mountain range and, and canyons and shit. Um, and yeah, I'm just, I'm very, very excited for it. Well, what it is, part of what it is, is that we finally have gotten to see what happens when Tom Cruise finds his, you know, the Scorsese to his Leo yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. You know, absolutely. He has now found the 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 filmmaker that that complements his style, um, where they both feed off of each other to just build and build what they're doing. You know, he's yeah. finally found that he's never really had that in his career up until no, no. Chris McHugh. So, yeah, it's, when speaking about realism, I'm. <laughs> It, it's one of the things that makes me like the worst person to watch Mission Impossible films with, because every time there's like a set piece, I'm like, you know, Tom Cruise learned how to hold his breath for more than six minutes to, to do this film. Like, it's, I'm like, you know, Tom Cruise learned how to fly helicopters in, in less than a year to, to to fly this helicopter. He's actually flying this helicopter. Oh, did you see that scene? He broke his ankle. You see, he actually has a broken ankle. He's walking past the dude. He's like, now we can cut. He, he, actually broke his ankle i'm just i'm that guy the entire time and then yeah you lean over and say something like that and i'm like yeah big fucking deal did you see henry cavill (laughs) he really learned how to cock his arms so much that the sleeves bounce up he grew that fucking mustache (laughs) nobody Uh nobody has ever pulled off a tom Selleck mustache to the level that henry cavill has Oh yeah, and I will oh, ta- yeah. I will take that over. Tom Cruise hung onto a fucking plane as it took off. Those are those are equal accomplishments, if not higher for the mustache. And then we get thrown out. And then we get thrown out of the theater because the two of us are arguing this during the movie. Henry Cavill's no, we're not. We're definitely not arguing. We're both on the same page about that. <laughs> Henry Cavill's mustache is so powerful it derailed Justice League. <laughs> yeah, I wish that we could just blame all the issues with that on the mustache. Wouldn't it, Wouldn't it be nice if the only issue with that movie was a weird CGI upper lip? That would be fantastic. What a world that would be. Um, all right, so, so... So those were my top five. Yeah, so we only ended up with uh, one that matched, which okay. is, you know, honestly is kind of awesome. Yeah. Because um, it, it, you know, it, it results in the two of us kind of dragging each other to movies all the time, which is always yeah. good. Um, <laughs> well, I don't think there's anything on my list that you necessarily need to be dragged to other than maybe Uncharted, but... <laughs> no, I'd, I'd, I would go to it. I'm not, again, it's going to be like Godzilla versus King Kong. I'm not necessarily going because I think it's going to be a good movie, but I'm still going. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, I did see the Tomb, the tomb Raider they made with uh, Alicia Vikander. And mm-hmm. it's not that it's a bad movie. It's that it it's almost like occasionally it realizes it's being a little too similar to the video game revamp. Yeah. And then backs off too much. Gotcha. So what, I mean, honestly, what that, that, I don't fully know. I know they're making a sequel and I have hopes that 
they they learned lessons and are going to give us something different with it but um but they also were small smart and cast Alicia Vikander who's an amazing actress and Walter Goggins who's an amazing actor and an incredibly nice guy <laughs> and I say that from experience I've actually met him and talked to him he's a very nice guy yeah. um I met I met him like right after uh the shield ended like okay. after, like like a week or two after the series finale, I think. Uh, yeah. Maybe a little bit longer than that after it, but it was like, you you still only knew him as the guy from The Shield who isn't getting enough work. Yeah. Like, anyone who watched The Shield has been watching his, his star rise going, yeah, about fucking time y'all noticed. <laughs> but yeah, so, going into my, my uh, top five, uh, Number five, as we mentioned earlier, nobody. Uh, yep. Just looks fun. Uh, number four is Free Guy with Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. And uh, <coughs> him, Joe Carey, uh, Taika Waititi as a villain. Um, <laughs> as, as, like, an incredibly obnoxious, like, Mark Zuckerberg-style villain, which I, I'm just... <laughs> but not, like... Not like a real Mark Zuckerberg, like yeah. David Fincher and Aaron Sorkin pretending to to understand a, an entire generation and failing Mark Zuckerberg and Justin Timberlake rolled up into one. Um, so see, that that I should have I should have put Free Guy on my list strictly for the video that I introduced you to, where Taika Waititi. And Ryan Reynolds were being interviewed about oh, yeah. um, working together on this. And they're like, yeah, we're finally, we're so excited to finally work together. And the interviewer was like, I think you guys, you were in Green Lantern together. And they were like, no, we, yeah, just that's the first time. We're just so <laughs> excited. We've, we've never had a project together before. That was so, so oh, great. It's great. It's fantastic. It's hysterical. Um, <laughs> the, yeah, that's, I'm excited for that just because. It's one of those things where if it's good, if it's as creative as it feels like it's going to be, it's going to live in the realm of like, it's, it's going to live in that realm of being such a good send off of something Mm -hmm. in this case, video games and like Fortnite and all of that crap. Um, (laughs) yeah, if you play Fortnite, um, play real games. Play, playing Fortnite is like saying, oh, I watch TV, and it, all you watch is reality TV. Um, yeah, I'm drawing that line in the sand right now, people. Um, same way that I insult my nephew every single time he starts talking about that game. But anyway, um, yeah, Free Guy looks... It just looks fun. And if it turns out it yeah. is as fun as it looks, um, it's just going to be awesome. Um, yeah. I, I legitimately think the the writers, writer or writers for this film, watched that gamer movie with Gerard Butler and Michael C. Hall. Oh, jeez. I feel like they watched that movie, <laughs> were laughing the whole time, and then went, what if this was actually supposed to be funny? That would be so much better. <laughs> what if, what have you made this, what have you made this movie... You made it where it was supposed to be funny, 
And you didn't let Michael C. Hall contractually obligate you to let him do a musical number because he's still bitter about being the worst MC in Cabaret ever. <laughs> like, how would that look? <laughs> yeah, I just went musical theater on you. And I've, I've now bashed the social network, Aaron Sorkin, and Michael C. Hall. So, and um, Fortnite. Well, Fortnite, yes, but the other three are definitely going to get some uh, some complaint texts from from our fan friend Andrew. Uh, he's he's going to have some words with me. Just just ones. so you know, I I do enjoy Michael C. Hall. I'm very excited for the uh, for the reboot series or or whatever they're doing with it on Showtime. Although I won't see it until it's somewhere else. Yes. No, I I have nothing against Michael C. Hall. Beyond the fact that he was not a good MC, um, but it was never a role that he should have been given in the first place. And I think he, you know, you know, he's a good actor. I thought that, you know, Dexter was a great show when it was in its fourth season and had John Lithgow. Um, <laughs> the rest of the time, I had no use for that show. But when John Lithgow yeah. was on it in season four, it was fantastic. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so number three on my list, uh, <laughs> uh, number three on my list is The Green Knight. This is the fantasy horror retelling of Sir Gawain, The Green Knight, and The Green Knight, uh, which is Arthur, Arthurian lore. Uh, this is Dev Patel Alicia and Alicia Vikander starring in this movie. It looks so weird. Uh, but between the originality of how it feels mixed with um, the subject matter, I'm I think it just looks great. And this is how excited I am for the movie. Joel Edgerton's in it, and I still want to see it. That's how excited <laughs> I am for this movie. That's that's the mark of a good film. Yes, yes. When you can make me go, Joel Edgerton, I'll give it a chance. That's when you know. That's when you know you got a movie. Um, that, that does sound interesting. Yeah, I'll have to. I'll after we record, you can watch the trailer and then text me about how weirded out you are and how much trouble you're gonna have sleeping. Because um, <laughs> I feel like half the time I, I keep you up at night with weird shit that I send you. Yeah, sometimes. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, so my my number two is Judas and the Black Messiah. Uh, this movie just looks amazing. Yeah. Uh, it has an amazing cast. The story that it's telling is one that's just on on the base log line of what you're getting yourself into. You just know you're going to be into something that's intense, that's powerful, that's got real purpose to it. Um, and again, and this will be on HBO Max, correct? Yes, this will be on HBO Max. Uh, it just yeah. looks amazing. It just, you know, I watched the trailer for it and I was getting chills and I was sitting here going, man, this is, you know, this this movie is Oscar baity, <laughs> but it's not, it doesn't feel like that's the only reason they're making it. It doesn't feel like some of those movies that come out, you see the trailer and go, well, this was made exclusively to try to win Oscars. Yeah. Um, this does not feel like that. It feels like something that's 
got a real in, a real weight and gravity uh, to it. So I'm I'm really excited for that one. Um, that'll be you know that'll be opening weekend. If I if I can't get into a theater to see it safely, I'll I will watch it at home. But I I would prefer see it in theaters. Um, just to challenge myself to not have the ability to look away, to pause and take a break, any of that stuff, to to put myself in the position of, no, you're sitting here, you're watching it from beginning to end, you don't get to stop feeling uncomfortable if it makes you feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then uh, my number one, as, uh, as many of my friends guessed, when I, whenever I told them we were doing this, uh, my number one is in the Heights. Yeah. Uh, I've been dying to see this movie. It looks amazing. Uh, the musical is amazing. The cast for this is so good. Uh, just everything about this just seems like a home run across the board, a real beautiful passion project of a piece. Um, I'm just I'm really excited for it. Uh, it's one of the, and it's one of those movies where I can watch the trailer over and over again. Like I could when we're done recording today, I could tr- just turn on the trailer and watch it just, just so that way I could say I watched it. Just yeah. so that way I can enjoy it, like watching an episode of a TV show or watching a movie. You know, just watch the trailer and enjoy it. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I really, I just can't wait for it. I think it's going to be great. Um, and that's an, that's another one that I really want to, I really want to get to enjoy that on the big screen if it's safe enough mm-hmm. for me to do it. Um, and that's, that again is HBO Max, right? Yes, that again is going to be on HBO Max, so no matter what, I will be able to watch it. I'm just hoping I'll be able to watch it in a theater. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's my hope. That's... Um, so, but, uh, but yeah, that is, uh, uh, that's my number one. Uh, so let's, uh, let's, yeah, let's talk honorable mentions. Like we mentioned earlier, uh, you, you gave a list first, so you give some honorable mentions first. Go for it. Uh, sure. Um, so obviously with keeping, keeping with the MCU, I have the Eternals, uh, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Seven Rings or, or Five Rings. Um, ten. Is it five or seven? Ten. Ten, ten rings. Okay. <laughs> it's way off. Um, those are kind of no-brainers. I don't really need to see anything to know that I'm excited for them. Um, it's you know once we once we learn more, my my excitement level will go up. But for right now, they're not in the top five. Um, I also have Halloween Kills. Um, that's one that I probably won't see in theaters because I'm a big scaredy cat um but i liked the remake slash sequel slash reboot whatever this is supposed to be um well enough that i'm interested in where they go with that um so yeah there, there was that one and then uh i have bob's burgers because i had forgot until i started looking up oh, yeah. films for this list that bob's burgers was getting its own uh own movie this year and then uh, I have another Tom Holland film, Cherry, which finally got a trailer, um, which looks interesting. Uh, I've, 
it didn't intrigue me enough that I felt compelled to put it on my top five, but it's definitely one that I will want to see. And then um, as far as the HBO uh, 2021 releases go, the one I'm probably most excited for other than Suicide Squad would be Mortal Kombat. Um, Again, another video game movie, so we'll see. But uh, some of the stills that came out were, uh, were pretty cool looking, although I heard the synopsis was... The people were raging about that because apparently it's not the mythology of the games, but the, you know, if it's entertaining, it's entertaining. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. We'll you? see. I'm, I'm. Again, I need I need a trailer before I can really feel any sort of commitment or excitement to it. Um, yeah. Uh, for me, when it comes to my honorable mentions. Uh, as we, we talked about before on the show, coming to America, uh, it just looks, it looks fun. It looks like a lot of fun. Um, I just, I get nervous with long distance sequels. Um, same way that I'm nervous. I am nervous about Ghostbusters Afterlife, but, uh, long distance sequels uh, always make me a little nervous. Yeah. Um, so I, I, it's always a little bit, you know, grain of salt with them. Um, Death on the Nile. Uh, I, I actually enjoyed the murder on the Orient Express that mm-hmm. Kenneth Branagh did. I, I actually enjoyed it. I thought it was creative. I thought the casting choices were, uh, really smart. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm really excited to see what the 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 actors in this one, especially uh, the almost unrecognizable Russell Brand, um, bring to the table in this movie, um, and then the Candyman uh, spiritual sequel. Yeah, uh, that does look good. I like it looked good, and then that animated short came out, and at that point, I was sold. Uh, Nia DaCosta I want to see her her debut film Little Woods uh, and I'm really excited that she's going to be the director for Captain Marvel 2 uh, yep. so I she's she's someone that I want to start getting getting my teeth into into her filmography and starting to explore it but yeah that's uh I mean, those those are my only real honorable mentions. Uh, again, I'm just trying to avoid. I I just wasn't including movies that don't have trailers because I've been hurt before. Um, but yeah. So I mean, obviously, as the as the year goes on, uh, we're realistically going to discover more and more films that are coming out. Um, some, you know, there'll be some, some of these, uh, film festival darlings that people are talking about that the rest of us schmoes, um, have to wait for until they get actual theatrical releases to to be able to see them or more likely wait for them to show up on Hulu as indie darlings, uh, to be able to watch and enjoy them. So, you know, it's just kind of having to wait for that, unfortunately. But, you know, we'll see. It's it's going to be... 2021 is going to be a heavy year. 
on the movie front. Mm-hmm. It's going to be very, I mean, oh, for sure. we've got Netflix is doing their whole, like, we're releasing a movie every week. It's like, okay, are they good? <laughs> <laughs> are they all good? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I also forget how many movies it is, but it's not 52 movies, so their math worries me. Uh, like we're releasing this many movies that's a new movie every week um you y- you've got some left over <laughs> if you want to redo your math um find find something that's more accurate in in the realm of numbers but um yeah just more reason more reason to want to get Netflix back in my life. Um, but yeah, so well, I mean, I guess we'll see. But I'll tell you what, we've got something great to hold us over while we're waiting for these movies. Oh, yeah. We've got WandaVision. Oh, yeah. Holy shit, do we have WandaVision. Um, Holy yeah, shit. Guys, um, we're going to do it at least with WandaVision, depending on how it goes. We're, we'll, we'll continue to do it with other uh, MCU Disney Plus shows, at least the canon ones. Um, but, you know, we're going to do, uh, we're going to talk about new episodes each week that come out for this show because, um, one, like everyone else, uh, it, it, touched touched me a little bit in uh in ways I consented to 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 get to see that <laughs> that Marvel opening title thing for the first time in like a oh, year yeah. and a half um yeah it was really nice to get to see that again especially with some you know some end game and i think even some homecoming thrown or uh, far from home thrown into it, but yeah, yeah, we got the, uh, we got the first two episodes. Honestly, that was worth the price of admission alone. I just booting that up and seeing the Marvel logo again. Yeah. Really hit me how long we've gone without seeing it. Yes. Attached to a new film. Um, and man, what, what a a good two episodes. What what a what a thing to Sorry? return to. Yeah. It was just Yeah, so uh I grew up uh getting to watch some of the old shows like Dick Van Dyke, I Love Lucy, Bewitched, I Dream a Genie. I got to watch some of this stuff uh growing up. Mm-hmm. I was fortunate enough um that that my family wanted me to uh to to force this stuff upon me for lack of a nicer way to put it. But you know, it's one, you know, Dick Van Dyke show. I love Lucy. Those shows, they are, they're staples of Americana for a reason. They're good. Um, but yeah, I mean, these first two episodes do such an amazing job of encapsulating that world um and encapsulating the the ambiance of all this stuff now of course yeah i you know the big question the the biggest question right now that exists 
more than any other question is simply, is Vision alive? Or is he something that has been made up by um, by Wanda? That, of course, is the big question right now. Yeah. Is, is who... Who is this that we yeah. are that we are interacting with? Who is this that we are? You know, are we interacting with the real vision, or are we interacting with with a figment? You know, yeah. as as time goes on, is he going to become less of an ally for her, or is she going to have to pull him out of it, or what is going on? Um, you know, obviously for me, I there are obviously I other that, questions, but yeah, for me, you know, if, and it's very early to speculate, but I think she's, you know, my my grand theory, which you know is not unique in any way, but I think she is being held by Shield or a similar entity in um, the MCU. And she's projecting this around her to sort of protect her. And this is what, um, you know, we saw at the end of episode one. Someone was actually viewing this, this show, this episode on a, on a TV, on a monitor, you know, wherever she is being held, presumably, or whatever it might be. Um, I like the questions they bring up. Um, I like the commercial breaks. Mm -hmm. Uh, it was, um, I don't know if you caught on. I didn't catch that this is where they were going initially. Um, but the commercial breaks are every, so far, it's been every impactful moment in her life that we know of in the MCU. Yes. So when it's the Stark toaster, it's the, you know, it's the bomb that didn't go off next to her and, and Quicksilver. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, with the, it's the Strucker watch, you know, because Strucker was the one who experimented on them and made them into, you know, what he called miracles. Yes. Um, that's why you have to, you have to assume that the next one will be probably Quicksilver's death. Yep. The next one following that is the, um, the situation in, uh, in Sokovia. Um, so, you know, it all, uh, or the, the situation, in the beginning of, um, uh, America, Captain America Civil, Civil War. War. Um, so I'm wondering if, you know, maybe, I mean, this is a long time to play it out, but if we're, if this is nine episodes, maybe we're thinking <clears throat> episode six or seven is when she really breaks because she, you know, maybe the commercial break is actually Vision dying. Um, mm -hmm. So we'll see. I just, I'm, I'm intrigued by, uh, by where this is going. I do have a question for you though. I wonder how well this series plays for someone who is completely unaware of like Wanda and her abilities and what might be happening. I think we're able to um, give this show the benefit of the doubt or read a bit into the show as to what things might mean. But my sister, who has watched every MCU film but is not familiar to 
with these characters outside of here. Mm-hmm. She's like, I really enjoyed the show. I don't know how, I don't have any idea what's happening. Like she <laughs> does, she didn't understand like why Wanda's pregnant at the end of uh, episode two and why, why this is even happening. Wasn't vision dead. I, I'm wondering how this will play for the vast majority of people who only know these characters from, from this property. Well, I, my, my big theory right now is, you know, we hear, um, Randall, I'm totally spacing on his name, but the, we hear Randall the, Park. yeah, we're hearing Randall Park, his character from Ant-Man and the Wasp, we're, we're hearing him yell, like, Wanda, who's doing this to you? Yeah. Um, so clearly that's where they, they want us to be focused in a specific direction. Um, but my thought is she's doing this to herself. Mm-hmm. You know, my thought is she is trying, you know, she's potentially trying to bring vision back from scratch. Yeah. You know, the people that exist in this world, mm-hmm. what if they are the crew that is trying to help her that, um, you know, includes, um, totally space, Kat Denning's character. We know she's in this show. We, you know, I think we even heard her for like a brief second in the second episode, but I could be wrong. Um, but I think that was her at the end of the first episode watching on the monitor. She's monitoring what Wanda is doing. Oh, okay. And, um, you know, it's starting, you know, when it starts to, you know, it's starting to do something negative. So they're trying to pull her out mm-hmm. with potentially some of the people that are trying to get involved like Randall Park's character, not realizing exactly what's going on. She might have pulled everybody in so much that there's nobody there except for Kat Dennings to tell him, you know, no, she did this. We have to get her out of it, but she did this. Yeah. Um, Because if I remember correctly, in the trailers, eventually we start having, you know, Catherine Hahn and all these other people start, you know, being like, help us and free us and, and get us out of here and stuff like that. Yeah. So I think I really, I, I really enjoyed in, in, uh, episode two, the, you know, I feel like sooner rather than later, we're going to see this town, um, start to turn and, become weirder, weirder, more Stepford Wives-esque. Um, you know, I think in the trailer, you know, they, they have them dressed up for Halloween, and you do see kids walking around. But in episode two, everyone's saying, for the children, for the children. We haven't seen any children in this neighborhood. Mm-hmm. No, none, of, none of the friends or community members has seem to have children. And then at the end of the episode, Wanda is apparently pregnant so i just think it's going to it's going to start to spiral hopefully hopefully soon yeah um but did you hear the uh go ahead no go ahead i was gonna say did you hear the story about uh um 
the showrunner and Kevin Feige taking Dick Van Dyke out to, uh, uh, you know, out to eat or something and having him kind of like consult on the show for the tone. I, I hadn't heard that, but I totally buy it. He, he was like blissfully unaware of how successful the MCU is, which obviously he's got to be in his like nineties now. Well, he's just not um, that concerned with that kind of stuff. He, he lives, his, yeah, he yeah. lives his best life and. When people want him yeah. around for something, he shows up. He doesn't care. <laughs> but he's he's helping consult on this uh, on on this property, and he's like, "I heard you guys are, are pretty successful." And apparently, Kevin Feige had to very humbly be like, "Yeah, we we kind of released the biggest movie of all time." And he's like, "The biggest movie of all time. That's that's impressive." Yeah. I just think that's that's funny. Well, and that's, I'm, I, there's just, there's a lot of questions, obviously, running through, through my brain constantly. The whole kids thing to me is kind of further evidence in my, in my mind towards my theory, because, you know, in the first episode, what's the one thing that shakes her is their backstory. Yeah. You know, their back, like, basically their backstory, their history, their future, you know, you know, what's the, what, what question does she get asked by the boss's wife? She gets asked yeah, about did, when they're having why kids. Did come here? Yeah. She gets asked about when they're having kids. Yeah. And that's when things really start to, that, that, that's when she just goes from being kind of overwhelmed by the questions to kind of spiraling. Yeah. And now in this second story, there's this obsession with children. So, mm-hmm. Is she trying to dis, you know, maybe she's just trying to, maybe she's trying to rewrite in her mind that she had a life with Vision. So at the very least, him being gone, she had a life with him instead of it being taken away from them. Yeah. Um, but regard, regardless, I do think she's she's controlling controlling things to a certain extent. Um, and I'll be very curious because we've got. You know, the episode one was in the fifties. Episode two is in the sixties. So, you know, let me do the. You know, let me kind of do the math here in my head. Episode, you know, episode eight is when we get to the twenty twenties. Yeah. The present day, and yeah. assuming that assuming that this show takes place after Endgame. Um, 2023 is about when that exists. So we're, we're talking about, you know, by episode eight, her time, her decade hop has caught up. So episode nine might not exist in this TV world. It might exist in the real world. Yeah. Um, I mean, the really heartbreaking thing that they could do with this show is have it be that she, this is her envision, like, trying to write a history for themselves while they're on the run post-Civil War. Yeah. So we could really go for heartbreaking of everyone's (laughs) been like, 
you know, they it's not even like they've been together that long, but it turns out that all this happened before we saw them at the beginning of Infinity War where they're in love with each other. Yeah. Making all of this even more painful. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, no, I, I really like the questions that it poses. Um, I'm really excited by it. Honestly, if this didn't even have the undertones of, of something sinister going on, if they just wanted to make, you know, Bewitched or I Dream of Genie with a Wanda and Vision, there's there's way stupider ways for them to spend their money. I mean, oh, yeah. this, there's there are two incredibly charismatic actors who have really good chemistry with each other. This yep. is the first time we're really getting a chance to see characters from the MCU in a capacity other than drive the plot forward, drive the plot forward, drive the plot forward, because mm-hmm. we have two hours to do this. So it's drive the plot forward, or here's a big action set piece. Um, it's really, really enjoyable to have these quiet moments with them. Um, and if that's yeah. what more of these series are, then I'm very, very excited for them. Well, and I, I like... This, to me, has sort of a an appropriate... Um, kind of filling in the gaps or continuity, pre-existing continuity thing to uh, Wanda, especially because you know people all the time are like, oh, you know, by the you know by Infinity War, she's completely accent-free, and yada yada yada, and people tried to use that as like, a, oh, her accent was so bad that they just made her get rid of it, and it's like, no, she's been on the run with a bunch of spies. They've taught her how to lose her accent because it was a dead giveaway. And this show is kind of, I feel like, is hinting at something which is what's a traditional way to pick up on an accent when you need one? Watch TV from wherever you need your accent from. Yeah. So the idea that while on the run, she was watching TV from all these different decades that resulted in, you know, her maybe being her act, you know, her American being a little over the top, like it is in the first episode. Um, but in a totally appropriate way in the episode, but you know, it, there's almost a chronicling of her, um, stripping away Wanda Maximoff and rebuilding herself as Scarlet Witch as she did between age from the span of Age of Ultron to Infinity War. Yeah. So it's there's kind of a nice behind the behind the scenes mentality. And I, I know part of it's just me writing, you know, filling in the blanks for them to a certain extent. Um but still it's it's continuity that makes sense when you yeah. just take like five minutes to think about it. Um, so yeah, I'm very excited. Um, if we have more moments like Wanda saying no at the sight of the beekeeper, uh, I'm very excited because I mean, yeah. that, that one moment alone was, was chilling. Um, so yeah, I'm very excited to see where things go from here. Um, uh, and speaking of where things go from here just because we really haven't had a chance to talk about it yet, uh, because of, um, all the different things that we've been doing on the show since it happened, 
you know, we got some trailers for for other Disney Plus shows for for the MCU. Um, most notably we got the, the trailer for Falcon and the Winter Soldier and we got Mm -hmm. our first, not just our first trailer, but our first look overall at the Loki series. Yeah. Um, and I gotta say, first of all, that Canyon sequence in Falcon and the Winter Soldier is awesome. Oh yeah, it looks great. And that's, I mean, that sequence is 100% someone going, eh, people are going to think this character's fucking lame, huh? Think he doesn't deserve the shield, huh? Okay, get ready. He's going to have an action sequence to blow your fucking socks off. Um, Because yeah, it just looks so cool. I can't, like, that moment alone I can't wait for. I can't wait for the whole thing, but I really can't wait for that. Um, Yeah. There's going to be a lot of um, politics of all sorts in that show. And I'm I'm weirdly excited for how much of a political commentary that show is going to be. And I think on some level it's going to be Marvel kind of calling itself out on its history of being a little preferential towards white people. Um, I think it's going to be a little bit of a call out to that, which... I think is great for them to be making something that calls out their past before spearheading into a future that's more diverse. Yeah. Um, and then I got to say, I didn't give, it's not that I didn't give two shits, but I had no reason to be excited about the Loki show that changed with the trailer. Oh yeah. Because once I was like, Oh, we're going with this. This is, this is what we're doing. I was much more interested. I was much yes. more intrigued. And I'm very, and it makes, you know, it makes you wonder now, like, what's going to happen at the end of this for Loki? Because mm-hmm. I feel like we're putting ourselves in a position where either we're, we've brought Loki back to life, but it's this new Loki that hasn't had the same character development as um, the one that we got used to. You know, he hasn't had Thor Dark World, um, Thor Ragnarok, and Infinity War to to shape him into more of a of a uh, an antihero than a villain. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So, you know, is this is this version of him going to see his fate at the hands of Thanos? Um, And you know, is he maybe this version of him is going to have to choose? Do I? You know, by the end of the series, he has to choose, like, do I continue to risk ripping apart time by staying alive? Or do I go back to the moment that I, you know, threw time and the and the universe I was a part of off its kilter? Do I go back to that point knowing what's going to happen, knowing my fate? Yeah, I I think they're they have a lot of interesting avenues they could go down with that. Um, I I really like the the set pieces though that they have um, that they showed off in this trailer. Um, I really like Don Wilson in the in the elevator. I yes. think he's going to be a fun addition to this. Um, 
Where has that would. mustache been my whole life with Owen Wilson? <laughs> you know, for all, no, he, lo- he looks great. For, for and, all the uh, for all the shit we had just finished giving him in the last two episodes for for you know having to listen to his voice for those car movies. Um, <laughs> yeah, I watched this trailer. He showed up, and that elevate you know that first elevator scene that they show of him in the trailer mm-hmm. between the performance he's giving and the performance that mustache is giving i'm i'm sold on him in this show and i can't wait for it i i just can't wait until uh they eventually bring henry cavill into this show and it's just their mustache is just facing off oh um <laughs> but uh, i i am I, so I, fucking I, there right now <laughs> i'm really excited by this show um tom hiddleston has always been um just fantastic as loki yeah um he's always had a ton of fun with the role while also conveying a lot of uh heart and tragedy and and everything else that he needs to for all the dynamic changes that this character goes through um i think i think it would be cheap in in ways to bring him into this timeline now i don't think that's where they're headed um i i do think it would be an interesting concept though to show him all of the things that the loki that we've come to know has gone through with the um the loss of his mother which has not happened to this loki yet the loss Mm -hmm. of his father which has not happened to this loki yet the you know, finding out about his sister, the destruction of Asgard, the, you know, slaughter of a ton of their people and, and all of the, you know, all of these things, this Loki hasn't had to deal with and he's relatively carefree. He's still self-centered and mm-hmm. self-serving. Um, I think it would be interesting to pose that to him that you can be more than the, the smarmy asshole that you are. You know, you can you have gone through change. You've just suffered a great deal, but you've, you've gained so much along the way. And I think that would be a really, really interesting thing for that character to be, um, you know, conflicted with. Yeah. Um, so now, and now looking, you know, looking even farther in the future, obviously we got a bunch of announcements, including, um, official 100% confirmation that we are getting a fantastic four movie in this universe. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm upset that Kevin Feige, uh, who I'm going to pretend listens to this show, uh, did not go with my recommendation for the writer director team for fantastic four, but it's his business. He seems to know what he's doing. Um, but, uh, here's a question I, I have, cause this, I was thinking about this, um, given all the different shows that we've got, you know, we've got, um, you know, we've got the Moon Knight show, we've got the She-Hulk show, we've got all these different shows that we're going to be getting on Disney+. Plus. Um, is there, is there one you'd like to see? Is there something, is there something that you'd like to see in show form? Other than what they've announced. Other than what they've announced, yeah. Oh, I mean, my mind goes to Planet Hulk. Like... Honestly, if we were just on Sakar with uh, with Korg, 
if it was just Korg and his and uh, and his little buddy for for nine episodes, they could literally just be in that jail cell. It could be it could be you know four hours of VO from Taika Waititi just cracking jokes to his little lizard friend with the scissor hands. Yeah. Um, and I would be, <laughs> I'd be on board for it. Um, I don't know. There's, there's so much that, you, um, they, that they've already announced, but there's also so much they have yet to tackle. I just, um, I would love to see, you know, at least so far, that's been one of the most entertaining aspects of, of, uh, WandaVision. And I'm, I'm sure it'll get more exciting and the set pieces yeah. will get more, fantastic and we you know we'll we'll really get a sense of what's happening here but just the quiet moments with these characters um yeah. is really really entertaining and and something that is really most exciting for these for these series going forward um i think ironheart is going to be great um you provided the lead is interesting and compelling i think to have a young uh, Tony Stark esque young girl to take mm-hmm. up the mantle and build her own suit and get to be get to interact with someone like Shuri and and you sort of have a battle of the minds and mm-hmm. um, interact with all these characters. I think is is what's really you know really going to be interesting going forward. How about you? Um. For for me, this this popped into my head the other day, and and the more I think about, it, the more I'm honestly legitimately in love with the idea. I I would love to see in the style of like, um, something kind of like bulletproof the the old Damon Wayne's Adam Sandler film, or like a Midnight Run or something of that nature. I'd like to see uh, you know a a a series of Okoye and Wakabi from basically see how she deals with her imprisoned lover. If the two of them are forced to team up traveling outside of, of the, the confines of Wakanda or traveling to the outskirts of Wakanda to deal with something. Yeah. I, I, that I would love to see. Cause I think that's you know we're talking about two amazing actors that have so much to offer um a relationship that has so much potential for storylines and things of that nature um uh, there's just there's a lot in my opinion there's a lot of opportunity for a lot of fun stuff there yeah so I would just I would hope that we got to see something like that. Um, but we'll see. Um, we'll see how, how they continue to do things. Um, you know, I think making little eight, you know, they, they, they've made the vow that these shows are going to have the same quality level as the movies, which, you know, is fantastic. Um, but I think, you know, I think they have the advantage with these Disney plus shows, you know, they're going to be able to to trap they're going to be able to experiment with you know okay so we you know we've done you know we've done WandaVision we've done Moon Knight you know we we've got all this stuff we know it works 
what if we, you know, now that we have him back, what if we do Iron Fist? And we yeah. do, and you know, and they could always, you know, they could always, like, spend a, a few million to to buy the the show, buy, like, shared streaming rights with, with Netflix for those shows so you can have, you know, all the Defender series sitting on Disney Plus to watch and then, you know, and then only there be exclusively able to watch any continuations. Um because we've got to continue Luke Cage's story. I don't want to leave it where it is. Um, and also, Mike Coulter is just... He's one of the most underappreciatedly, perfectly casted people in the entire MCU. Um, yeah. That, that, doesn't get no, that doesn't get enough love. Um, but we'll see. I mean, yeah, they've got... As long as Disney Plus can stay alive, which right now it's showing no signs of slowing, um, as long as they can keep it alive, you know, they've got this whole new venue that has opened the doors. I mean, I can't even imagine what things would look like if we had had Disney Plus show up, if we had had Disney Plus when Disney bought Marvel around the time of the first Avengers. Mm-hmm. You know, to have Disney Plus show, you know, it might not have taken as long to introduce certain characters, or we, yeah. you know, we might have gotten like something fun, you know, like a fun like Maria Hill show, or you know, we would have gotten to see what a more control—not controlled, but a more supervised by Kevin Feige Agents of Shield looked like. Yeah. Where they didn't get to the point where they were just having to go so ridiculous that you literally had to watch it in one sitting because watching it week to week, just yeah, I I couldn't do it after a while. I still haven't finished the show because I I just stopped caring. Um, I just couldn't finish it anymore. I I I won't. I I think I have like the last two seasons, and I just I've never watched them, and I can't bring myself to care. Um, yeah. And it's, you know, it's the same issue as any of the, like, Arrowverse shows. I know DC doesn't care or invest in those shows, so why am I going to? And I know yeah. that, I know that Marvel, you know, the, the, the Marvel Studios never really invested fully in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. past maybe the first two seasons, so why would I? Yeah. So, yeah, that's... Have I ranted about enough stuff on this episode? I feel like I'm very after after your um, <laughs> blow ups in the last episode over things like Good Dinosaur. I feel like I, this is my episode to just rant and rave. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't. I don't have anything. Uh, we've, we've talked about good things so far this episode. I don't have anything to to rant about really. Yeah, it's um, been about shows we're anticipating how good WandaVision is, what we're excited about with the future of the MCU, um, (laughs) getting a new president in a couple hours. (laughs) You know, Resident Evil, uh, Resident Evil 8, or, sorry, yeah, Resident Evil 8 showcase on, uh, tomorrow, tomorrow evening, so. Oh yeah, you have fun with that. Yeah, man, things are, things are looking up. It's a franchise. Twenty twenty one really has to be excited around. about. 
Um, yeah, if we can just, you know, get Nazis and stuff under control in our country, then, you know, we'd be doing yeah. great. Um, but that's as far as I'm going to get into that, because that'll be the angriest of all the rants. Um, yeah. But yeah, guys, what uh, what are you guys excited for? What movies are you guys really excited for? What do you think of WandaVision? What shows would you like to see Marvel brave into doing? Uh, you know, let let us know. Uh, you can find us on Twitter, at Movies Work, uh, where you're always welcome to, to come talk and complain about stuff with me, uh, where I'm always finding some reason to, to whine about something. Um, I'm given plenty by the universe, as we've all noticed. Um <laughs> So, you know, you can join us there. You can email us, uh, moviesafterwork at gmail.com. And, of course, uh, you can continue to listen to this show and uh, any of our older episodes uh, through wherever you're listening to it right now. Or if you want to try somewhere different, you can try try Spotify, you can try Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Podchasers, Stitcher... um, one of these days, I'm just going to list a bunch of fake places to add on top of all these to see if anyone catches it. Uh, but you you can listen in all these places, and if you're listening somewhere like uh, Apple or Podchaser or anywhere else that uh, gives you the option to, please give us a ra- uh, please make sure to rate and review us. Even if it's not the most positive thing in the world, it is still something for us to learn to, to make ourselves a better show overall, and that's important. Uh, so. Alex, do you have anything left that you want to add? No, um, I, I finally saw Honey Boy, um, the film written by Shia LaBeouf, you know, semi-documentary, yes. the... you know, um, it's it's very late, I'm very tired. Um, yes. <laughs> the, the, the movie that may or may not, um, the director may or may not be on on Shia LaBeouf's side with all of his mm-hmm. shit that he's got going on right now. We can't tell. Yeah. Um, um, it, w- it was decent. Uh, his performance as, you know, what is, what is su- sort of supposed to be his father um, is good. Um, the, the flashbacks are good while also being a little hard to watch. Um, but it's, a it's a film that doesn't really go anywhere or do anything, um, other than tell you how shitty his dad was and how he chain smoked when he was 12 years old. So if you're looking for depressing, but sort of, uh, you know, strangely entertaining time, then <laughs> try that out, but. Um, other than that, no, I'm good. <laughs> How about yeah. you? Um, no, I, I watched 10 Rollington plays, which is basically just watching John Hammond from Jurassic Park as a serial killer when he's younger. Um, oh, nice. which is, uh, unnerving as all fucking get out to watch. Um, <laughs> but he's amazing in it. Um, but yeah, I, that's beyond that. I really haven't been watching much lately. I've been super boring like that. Um, but Guys, uh, as always, thank you so much for for joining us, for listening to us rant, rave, ramble, and all other good things that we are capable of doing. Um, So with that being said, uh, 
this is Thomas Green. I'm Alex Duez. Be safe, be kind, and have a good day at work. Thank you, guys. Bye-bye.